Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, this is Rohit from Lifestyle Mastery and today I'm excited to have Alex Simon, who's the CEO of Elude, which is a travel search engine and app that allows people to discover and book unique travel packages based only on your budget and data. Uh, prior to starting Elude, Alex worked on Wall Street at uh, Morgan Stanley and Deutsche Bank and used every holiday and weekend to find a new city or country to travel to. Welcome to the show, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. So, you know, uh, uh, you, you before starting Elude, you know, how did you get into this, you know, crazy world of startups and what was your, uh, you know, journey all about? Yeah, so I like to say that I kind of stumbled into entrepreneurship. I definitely did not find myself being kind of the guy growing up to say, you know, I'm going to start a business. I think um, actually after college and university, I jumped right into, as you said, kind of investment banking. So um, I went right into New York, you know, played around, I guess you could say, uh, between uh, Morgan Stanley and Deutsche Bank. And I, I think actually based off of just that experience alone, I started to realize that you know, my passion wasn't aligned with what I was actually doing day in and day out. Um, and so, you know, that, that starts to get, you know, a, a little bit uh, more powerful as you start to go again in, in your career and find out what you actually want to do. And, um, you know, for me, entrepreneurship was kind of those first few years of finding out what was my passion. Um, again, at the time, it was much more in the line of travel and, and being able to just explore new places and, and see things, um, and then that kind of evolved me into starting Allude, um, you know, with my co-founder and, and really kind of honing in on what it meant to travel the way that we like to, uh, which again is, as you put it, kind of budget-based, you know, being, being able to basically see different travel options based solely on, you know, what you're looking to spend. Interesting because, you know, I, I remember there was this boom of nomad travel where, you know, the, the Lord traveling, which is happening in Southeast Asia and South America. But uh, but but I, I think the problem that you're trying to solve is for, for millennials and people who uh, want to, you know, uh, book travel uh, according to their budget. But why do you think booking is so time consuming? Uh, you know, the experience in the booking.com trying to say, uh, solve the problem. But where do you think are the obstacles? Yeah, I think especially from our user standpoint, you hit it right on the head. I mean, millennials are, are definitely our demographic. Um, and I like to actually take a step back and say outside of just the booking process in general, that's pretty daunting. It almost becomes a big to do on, you know, in and of itself. It's not fun. Um, you know, Expedia, Priceline, these companies don't make it interesting to try to find new places. It's more of just kind of like, you know, it's like, you're going to a restaurant and you're ordering something and then you're just getting delivered this food, right? They're, they're not making it kind of the, the experience it, that, that we feel like it should be. Um, and so, you know, what we like to do is kind of add a little bit more personalization to it, you know, learn more about kind of how you like to travel uh, as kind of a foundation. Um, and if you kind of compare us to like, you know, older days of kind of travel and, you know, travel agents, um, you know, we want to learn more about that individual and try to kind of better, you know, provide city options for, for what that person actually wants. Um, and then, you know, from the time consuming angle for, for travel, I think it really goes back down to people just don't really know where they could afford to get to. I think that's actually what we're discovering most is that, you know, it takes a lot of time, energy um, to do a lot of these searches. And 
um, people just, you know, want to go with what's tried and true, right? So they go to the same place 10 or 12 times. Um, they don't really look for, you know, an upcoming, uh, an upcoming weekend that maybe they have three days off um, because it just, it, it takes a lot of energy to find these options. And that's what we're most excited about is trying to condense that and kind of package things up to make people really excited about traveling again. Interesting. And uh, are you uh, a geography agnostic and in the sense, are you only in US or are you trying to solve the problem for other, other areas, uh, other geographies as well? Great question. So in the current form, it's actually, we're not necessarily only US specific. Um, we do have a few planned launches middle of this year for a US kind of centric launch. Um, but as far as kind of allude in the way that we've built, again, our backend and, and our technology, we're actually quite global. And, and uh, I think the problem that we're solving for, which is, again, kind of being able to see options based off of your budget, actually transcends globally, right? So this is a problem that's not just US specific. I also think um, Europe and uh, I would say more or less Asia has a much better idea around what those weekend travels are. And our goal actually is to kind of bring that mentality to the to the American. That's, you know, that's a that's a big milestone for us. But um, but I think that that's definitely the, the route that we're tr trying to take here. Got it. You know, uh, I've, I've lived in Asia. I'm now in, I'm in Europe right now. Are, are there any cities or any places you would recommend for, for listeners in Europe and uh, in Asia, you know, which you feel that, you know, I mean, we're in the COVID times, but which you feel, you know, a, a great place which has still not been found out? Yeah, I mean, uh, the the traditional like Barcelona's, Prague's, you know, of Europe, I think are, are incredible. Uh, I know as an American, it's again, fairly, you know, inexpensive to get out to those locations. Um, as far as Asia goes, I mean, my, my personal favorite is Japan and Singapore. We have a few investors out in Singapore. And um, again, it's it's just kind of this this completely new... It, I, I grew up in, you know, New Jersey, New York area. So, you know, having kind of a new city to explore it and see, um, you know, Singapore is definitely top of, of list there. Um, and then, I mean, again, more personally from vacation wise, I would say Bali or, um, or again, Thailand. I mean, I've been back a handful of times and those, those places are very special to me. Uh, just again, trying to break away from kind of the traditional uh, places to travel. No, absolutely. I think uh, Thailand, uh, Bali, Singapore are great places. I've been to uh, all these places and, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, they're quite different from Europe and US for sure. And, yeah, you know, I want to talk about Elute's uh, revenue model. Uh, how, how do you make money? Uh, is, it, is it more like a B2C centric product or do you also have a B2B product culture like that? So I think in the future state, we'll definitely go into B2B. Um, I think in the current form, it's definitely only been B2C. And um, I like to actually preface this with, it's fairly difficult in travel to make money. Um, so I'll, I'll start there, right? You need you either need to have you know gone through hell in terms of regulatory requirements um, or have a large user base. Um, and with the large user base, you're basically acting on behalf of these other larger companies. So like, again, the Expedia's of the world um, to kind of push, you know, a booking through. Um, in, in travel, that's considered just affiliate based. Um, that's how we started early on and just trying to kind of prove out that people are, are able to search this way and actually kind of go in uh, to proving out those first few metrics. Um, whereas in the current state, we've been through the hell of the regulatory uh, requirements. So, 
you know, in this case, again, for anybody that's fairly versed in travel, we just became IAPA accredited, ARC uh, certified, um, which again, gives us the right to kind of own that position and, and own the booking. Um, and that's what we're most excited about is that, again, we're kind of looking at travel differently, but we're also actually having a solution that matches the customer's needs, which is, you know, looking and booking directly through one service. Very interesting. And, you know, since you talked about metrics, uh, I was wondering, like, uh, somebody who's like a product manager, uh, what, what are some of the KPAs, you know, you need to uh, you need to track when you're looking at, uh, you know, being in a travel category? Uh, what's your North Star metric, especially when it comes to bookings and, uh, uh, you know, repeat bookings and all? What do you think is, is the most important yeah. North metric for you? North Star metric. For you? <laughs> incredible that you kind of hit some of those. So I'll, I'll kind of run down a few of the metrics that, again, we continuously track and I think uh, become much more important as we start to scale. So, you know, Northstar, you you kind of mentioned repeat customers and having people come back with the experience. Um, that's definitely something that, you know, is kind of top of mind for us outside of just traditional bookings. Um, for, for anybody that's kind of not versed in the space, there's something called look to book ratio. Um, and let me take a step back here and actually describe this because this this becomes fairly uh, you know important in travel is there's always travelers who are looking and then there's always travelers who are in the in the mindset of about to you know transact and book um, I'd say seventy if not more than that percent of you know searches come in the look category so th- it, this is just you know genuine discovery it's not you know it's not actually converting to a transaction. Um, in our in our process flow, you know, we look at how many times does someone actually do a search to convert to a transaction, um, and getting that number extremely low, so that you know, again, we're providing real results for cities that people actually want to go to. That that's you know, again, top of mind for us. Um, and then again, outside of kind of the traditional you know bookings, look to book and repeat, cost of acquisition becomes uh, extremely. Uh, I would say a North star when it comes to growth, right? So, you know, yes, we just closed our, our kind of first, you know, pre-seed funding. Um, go, this, this gives us the ability and the ammo to really go out and prove and test out some of these, you know, hypotheses. But as we start to scale, you know, these larger organizations and specifically larger funds look at, you know, how much does it actually cost to acquire? Um, what ways are going, you know, differently than, than the traditional travel agent or again, these, these Expedias of the world, which, um, you know, coming from our angle, we're very well positioned. You know, we're, we're, we have a very great social approach and kind of organic side of this. But, um, you know, cost of acquisition becomes very, uh, very kind of massive when it comes to the growth angle to, to building and scaling a travel startup. Mailman is an email assistant that shields you from unimportant emails, minimizing instructions and making your days calmer and more productive, you can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM, uh, which gives you the benefit of 15% off for the first year on the annual plan, uh, which already has 20% discounted compared to the monthly plan. So you can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM. No, absolutely. I think uh, building a, a, a tra- B2C travel business is not, not easy. But when you talk about the, the CAC angle, you know, how, how do you plan to launch the, the product and make sure you know, the CAC to LTV ratio uh, is, is profitable you know, going forward? Uh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, great question. So again, as a baseline, traditionally in travel, it's anywhere between $80 to $100 US uh, when we're talking about customer acquisition. 
Um, and so coming underneath that is a, is a win kind of all day in our case. Um, and so, you know, again, as we've been building out our go-to-market strategy and coming up with ways that we can really kind of come in under that has been our top of mind um, to go into a few of the details here. So, um, you know, whether it be with influencers or again, with partners, we feel like that's a huge uh, avenue that has not actually been taken uh, into consideration when, when you're seeing other travel companies, right? They don't traditionally go like, like I'm, I'll give the example, but if you go on to like Orbitz, you know, Instagram right now, they have like 30 or 40,000, you know, followers. It's, it's nothing kind of mass scale. Um, and I think this is a huge aspect in our case to really position ourselves quite nicely with whether it's lifestyle brands or again, um, you know, influencers specifically in the travel space. And that's, that's definitely the route that we've been taking. We have a, a, a large kind of following on that front, um, ready to be kind of activated once we go live. And then the partnership angle, right? So how we look at it more of how can we be different than the traditional travel agent? So not just partnering with hotels or airlines, you know, actually going directly to brands that our customers actually want to interface with um, and interact with. So um, we have a lot of exciting things that are about to get kind of launched in these next few months. But again, um, right in line with kind of what the customer themselves actually want, um, you know, from a brand. Interesting. Uh, so, you know, I, I like how you, you know, cross-pollinating with, with brands, uh, which uh, cater to, to millennials, but I'm, I, you know, since we are recording in, in the times of COVID, uh, how, how much of travel uh, has, uh, I mean, obviously the travel and hospitality industry has really affected, but what are your thoughts on, you know, going forward, especially during these times where times are uncertain and even after post-COVID, uh, where do you see the travel uh, journey going and especially with millennials are, are they looking for a specific sort of uh, experience or a journey other than you know the gen z's i think uh i think if i can put it bluntly and then i can go into a little bit more detail um i think millennials just want to get the hell out i think people are are and and this actually is is maybe outside of just millennials right this is people want something different they don't want the same four walls that they've been living in the last year um and i i genuinely believe and again we have uh, pretty pretty top, you know, whether it's industry leaders on our board or on our investor, you know, cap table um, that have seen, you know, things start to come back. I think we're starting to see that and feel that already. I mean, we're recording this kind of March 15th, right? So uh, the last few weeks, uh, we've been hitting over a million travelers on a daily basis here in the US. Um, I consider that to be also a great proof point. It's, it's still half of kind of what traditional travel was looking like prior to COVID. Um, but specifically in our demographic, those are the individuals that are actually the, the, the first in line, right? So to speak of, of traveling and getting away. Um, we're also in this very interesting uh, point in time when we're talking about corporations where people are not back in the office fully yet, right? And, and you know, yes, schools are starting to open in some regions here in, in the US as well. But as that starts to, again, kind of open up, we foresee there's going to be a massive demand um, for people just looking to get away, even if that's the next state over um, and experiencing something a bit unique. Um, and so that's, again, what we're most excited about is really trying to kind of provide this new way of traveling when, um, when the world starts to open back up. Interesting. And, uh, you, you know, uh, I read somewhere from Airbnb that because there's not much of international travel, which is happening, there's a lot of domestic travel, which is happening. And, you know, fortunately, they 
the experiences segment and the other you know market segment had really picked up uh, i think uh, uh, once the world starts opening up i think lot more international travel and and travel will finally get to bounce back um uh, uh, alex i want to talk about uh, you know when you uh, since you've already raised your round of funding and uh, you're looking to to acquire talent what what are some of the biggest lessons you're learning when you when you come to acquire and retain talent uh, what are your thoughts uh, because you know uh, you uh, you've been in the corporate world from the investment side what, what is it that you uh, that uh, you know early you're looking for an early employee and you're looking to retain a uh, talent great question um and i think again it's definitely uh hits right into kind of our current you know uh current team um what right now we're we're growing we're you know we're just over 10 or 15 people at this current form and and i think as we look towards the tail end of this year again continuing to grow the team is is going to be a requirement um you you also hit on kind of my previous you know corporate world and i think the number one thing that we look for is is not to just be kind of micromanaged and and kind of have um individuals that come in kind of looking for assistance in that case i think you know we want people to be curious i mean in in again myself and my co-founders uh point of view the whole reason that allude exists is because we were curious of kind of leaving the corporate world and and going and explain and exploring something new um and so that's what we look for in in kind of the different talents is you know why is someone interested in travel why are they interested in solving a, a, a pretty unique problem but you know fairly complex um and then you know how how does that look in the next few years how how can that individual come in as an early employee and as you said kind of earlier you know really grow the team and and kind of uh instill a culture that exists that um that is you know being shaped kind of every day um and so i know in our particular case we're we're extremely excited about the, the team that we have right now but i think as we continue to grow it becomes a uh, you know it, that that's the next piece that's exciting for us is is really getting the right talent and um and growing the team to to really kind of start you know changing the way that people are traveling interesting and uh, you know um uh, you, we we're all working out of uh, out of our homes and there's a lot of remote work which is happening but uh, i i could see some some of the bigger cities are uh, opening up and uh, you know some of the people are actually going back to offices say two or three times uh, in a week but do you think the remote work culture uh, would sustain and uh, you know especially in bigger cities or do you think people going back to uh, a five day work culture uh, back to their offices Uh I'm going to take yeah so I I genuinely don't think that we'll go back kind of rubber band back to what we were prior to covid I think that there's a lot of legal requirements also that I feel like corporations are are um going to kind of take uh as far as precautions and and definitely you know make people feel comfortable as they enter back into the workforce um and I actually think too this becomes extremely valuable to someone like you know an allude in this case for a business because you know people are people yes are going to want to get back to what the normal C was prior to covid but there's still going to be a lot of hesitation um uh, and and also just different rules around um if you can come back three or four times uh, you know in the week um and what we're starting to find and and this is kind of in our our subsection of you know of our group of of members and and users but you know the digital nomad um yes kind of started as someone who just doesn't care where they live and they're going to all these different locations and being a little bit more spontaneous 
But I think what COVID actually you know, proved in our case, specifically for a digital nomad, is that there's so many variations to this, right? It does. It could mean a month someplace, or you know, three weeks, uh, you know, traveling and, and being at a new location, um, and still being bunkered down in you know in a hotel, but seeing and exploring a different location. And I think we're going to start to see some hybrid. Um, I think as as the world again starts to open back up, um, and then. Last piece here, and this is just from my personal experience, having worked in the corporate side and kind of going into the travel and running, you know, a fully digital and, and remote team, um, is I think you know corporations and, and companies are going to have to be required to kind of shift that focus. We've already seen it, right, where people are are not required to go back into the office and work remote. But I think as again the world starts to open back up and people feel a little bit more accustomed to going back in. Um, there's there there's going to be this level of leniency, I think, um, that is going to be required from these corporations um, for people to go back in. I have an interesting stat for you, to you note that the founder of Beautiful Lives increased the social media presence by 10x. They managed to publish consistently and effortlessly using a robust social media management tool called Social Pilot. Social Pilot is a cost-effective social media tool that helps businesses scale their social media marketing efforts. Use lifestylemastery.com slash socialpilot to get a 14-day free trial. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's a very interesting point. And, uh, uh, and especially in bigger cities, you know, I'm seeing a lot of uh talent living out of silicon valley uh, i don't know if that's happening in new york or not but but in, in bigger cities people are definitely looking at smaller cities and going there and uh, and working uh, uh you know uh, out of zoom uh, uh do you think the same thing is happening uh, in new york uh so i think new york maybe los angeles too uh you so you have these massive hubs, right? That that people are kind of you know getting away from and kind of experiencing new places. I think ultimately things will go back to somewhat of of what it was in the past. Um, that's just my gut reaction. Um, I could be completely wrong, but I think the main reason that I bring that up is that um, there's a difference between working remotely and being someplace else through Zoom um, and being able to again experience that culture or that city rather than actually in-person meetings. Um, and I think as the world starts to, you know, again, kind of open up in some way, um, in-person meetings are still going to be, you know, they, they still feel different than, than a Zoom meeting. And so um, that's where you have these hubs of, you know, New York or LA or even San Francisco that I think are almost unmatched. Um, and I think, again, th- those will continue to be um, in a post-COVID era. Got it. And, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, the era of Zoom meetings and, you know, uh, remote work, how do you build more transparency in teams? Yeah, so we, we've struggled with that um, personally. And I think what, what we realize is that, you know, as you're building a remote team, and in our case, again, we have, uh, we have half of our team out in Europe, um, some of them here based here in the States. And um, we're, we're, we're actually working through a lot of those, uh, I would say, hurdles as we speak. So, you know, outside of Slack or Zoom calls, nobody just wants to connect. Um, and I think, you know, that fundamentally needs to be incorporated into how the culture is actually built, right? And so, um, just because you see a Slack message or, you know, there's an invite on your calendar doesn't mean that it's, you know, it's now only work. Um, and I think, you know, that's what we've been fairly, um, fairly, you know, big on is that our team is kind of like a family that's growing. And I know that that's very cliche to say specifically from a startup point of view, 
But we do want people to feel like, you know, they can trust one another. They understand what role and, and again, kind of lane that individual is working through. Um, and I think as we go from, again, let's say, you know, 10 or 15 employees to, you know, 20, 25 and, and even greater, um, those, those lanes become extremely needed because people fully, you know, they need to be fully aware of, of kind of what's happening around them, but also uh, have the same strategy around kind of the larger mission. And, and again, you know, as kind of one of the co-founders and CEO, that that's my position is to make certain that we're all heading in the right direction. Um, and then when we go down to execution, again, I lean heavily on my team uh, as far as kind of being able to get some of that done. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, that's a great point. And uh, again, Alex, before the call, uh, we discussed about how you worked in the corporate world and, uh, you know, you're also building Elude. Uh, and we have a lot of listeners now who are either, you know, they want to get out of their jobs, uh, they want to build something of their own. Uh, would you advise people to, to leave the jobs or would you advise them to to build something on the side? And what what are some, some of the advice would you give to uh, people who want to, you know, get building onto build the next big thing? Yeah, great question. So, I mean, I was there as well, so I can speak directly. It's almost like I'm speaking directly to myself a few years back when, you know, I had one foot into the corporate world, um, you know, still kind of working, you know, the hour, the 80 hour work weeks in, in investment banking, and then, you know, on the side kind of starting and, and evolving a loot. And, um, you know, my suggestion is in the early days when you're, you know, again, exploring those options, definitely start with different side projects, learn kind of how to build um, and, and execute quickly. Um, you know, it's it's one thing to say that you're starting and, and kind of, um, you know, thinking about an idea. It's another thing to actually put that into practice, hold calls with, you know, whether it's uh, founders or different teams to start kind of getting your idea, you know, legs. Um, but I think, you know, my, my biggest advice is, um, make that leap and don't do it for the reasons that you probably think uh, at first. So I know in, again, my particular case, um, you think starting your own business, great. This is all, you know, it's going to be, um, it's going to be all financial gains. You're, you're going to only be, you know, the, the top of success and, and kind of, you know, being able to kind of control your time and energy is, is a huge, um, you know, allure to a lot of people. Um, but I think what, what, really is different from our startup and specifically kind of our story is that we jumped because of our passion. Um, and I think I urge a lot of your listeners and again, a lot of individuals to find out what really does get them um, you know, passionate and what keeps them up at night um, and go work on that because you know, any financial gain or any success that comes from what you're working through you won't actually be able to feel that until you're actually doing something that you genuinely enjoy to do. Um, and again, I think that that comes across whether that's to our team or to our investors is that what we're building at Allude is not just a way to book travel. Um, if that was the case, again, it would be boring and just kind of this other, you know, Expedia type, um, you know, brand. Um, the, the reason that we're doing this is because this resonates with us. We are fellow travelers. You know, we love to go and explore locations and see different things. Um, and again, I think that that's what I would urge a lot of your, your, uh, you know, your listeners to go um, is, you know, strive for that passion and then the money will follow. Um, that That's my suggestion. I think, I think that's a great point. Follow your passion because if you're not passionate about it, I think you, you're just going to leave it um, after a couple of weeks or months. Uh, but if you want to, you know, if it's a 10 year journey or a 100 day journey, you need to be really passionate about that particular uh, market. And, 
And and exactly uh, the reason I'm somewhat chuckling is because you're 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 very right, right? Those first few weeks, months. I mean, in our particular case, the first few years, right? Um, it, it's not easy to go out and kind of create this new market, and then also too, it's not easy to get buy-in from customers or investors, or again, kind of building and scaling. So, you know, in our in our case, those first few months, yes, were we able to kind of prove out some early signs? Um, yes, but you know, it wasn't it wasn't to the degree at what we were able to do over the course of you know a year or two. Um, and I think again, you having the passion alongside that. Um, allows you to see, you know, five years in advance and, and still know that you're on the right path there. No, absolutely. Uh, uh, Alex, I quickly want to do the top three. What's your favorite business book? So my favorite business book, ironically, again, talking very high level is The Alchemist. Um, I know it's not directly in, in line with kind of business fundamentals, but um, again, kind of this path of life and, and passion uh, is definitely where, you know, The Alchemist kind of hits home to me. Got it. And, you know, if you could go back in time when you started Lilio, what is the one thing you've done differently? One thing that I would have done differently is probably left my corporate world a little bit earlier. Um, again, you're, it's always, it's always, uh, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? But I think I had one foot in and one foot out for a little bit too long. Um, and I think I, again, that was probably more personal belief in myself rather than um, what was actually, you know, transpiring. But um, I would have left a little bit, a little bit earlier. Oh, that's really interesting you say that because you know it's always a big leap of faith because you you're living in such a such a big brand, uh, Morgan Stanley. So, uh, no, yeah, that's that's a great point. And uh, do you have any favorite online tool, for example, Gmail, Slack, Zoom? Yeah, I mean, in the current form, like Zoom and and you know uh, Gmail has been great. It's funny. I listened to your prior uh, your prior interview with the uh, with one of the founders over at Superhuman. Um, I'm a religious I'm a religious user of Superhuman, and and that's been incredible for kind of from the operating side. Um, and then also Notion. I mean, those two from our team point of view, it's it's been really great. If anybody hasn't checked out Notion, it's a great way to kind of you know capture all of the different you know documents and and materials and kind of house that in one place, um, so that you know not people are going back and forth to try to get access to you know documents that have already been created. Um, but you know, outside of uh, Superhuman, that that saved my life. <laughs> Absolutely. I think uh, uh, Vivek, uh, uh, you know, talking about Superhuman was like a product ma- masterclass for me and, you know, how, how they went about launching the the the, the, the product and the product market fit. Um, uh, Alex, uh, what, what is the best way people can reach out to you and know more about you? Yeah, if you're interested, whether it's as a traveler or, uh, again, as kind of a founder, you know, feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. I'm fairly open uh, as far as, you know, being able to jump on a call and, and give a little bit more, you know, um, you know, data or, or, you know, ideas around kind of what we're building, but, you know, reach out on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also fairly, uh, you know, versed on, on Instagram and, and Twitter. So, um, that's Alex, uh, Simon, and then my Instagram and Twitter are Alex Allude, E-L-U-D-E. We'll put that in the show notes, Alex. Thank you so much for coming over and speaking to us. I really enjoyed my conversation with you. Yeah, you as well. Thanks again for having me. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.